0: Hello everybody, and welcome to Sports IQ. So as all my NBA fans know, the NBA draft is approaching. In only a couple days, we will introduce a new set of rookies into the NBA. Some may be good, some may be great, and some will be bust. So today I'll be sharing my mock draft. I'm going to go pick by pick for all 16 lottery teams, and explain who they're picking and why they're picking them. With the first pick in the NBA draft, the Orlando Magic are short to select Jabari Smith from Auburn. The power forward is 6'10", 210 pounds, and a great fit for the modern NBA. Decade by decade, basketball changes. From the increasing number of three-point shots to positionless basketball, the game is simply not the same. Take a point guard, for example. Even 20 years ago, there's supposed to be great ball handlers, great passers, small and quick. Nowadays, we have players like Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons. Westbrook is an aggressive dunker that gets 10 rebounds a night. Ben Simmons is a 6'7 monster who can't even shoot the ball. In addition, it used to be that only the small little guys, they're the only ones who shot threes. Nowadays, we have power forwards and centers pulling up for threes. We also have new players like Nikola Jokic, the MVP of this year, who are dishing out passes as a center, as the biggest man on the team. So it's obvious that the game has changed a lot. So why is Jabari Smith a great fit for the modern NBA? Jabari Smith is a near 7-footer that can knock down shots. In the NBA, this is in high demand. Nowadays, NBA teams want bigs that can shoot. They want to space the floor. A smooth three-point shooter that shoots 42% from three-point land in college last year. His two biggest, most important attributes are his mid-range shot and his defense. Are his mid-range shot and his defense. His mid-range shot is nearly unguardable, as he's shown time and time again to hit contested, extremely hard, extremely high-level difficulty shots in the mid-range. He takes pull-up shots that are basically unguardable because of his height. It's almost impossible to block someone who's 6'10", and their release point is too high. On top of his amazing mid-range shot and three-point shot, he also has a good drive, and that helped him to score 16.9 points per game at Auburn last year. Also, he's an elite defender. He can guard any player 1-5. through That means that he can lock you up on the perimeter and he could block shots near the rim. he is evolving, these players are in high demand right now. Now, why do the Magic exactly want to pick him? Now, it's no secret that the Magic are one of the worst teams in basketball, and that's why they have this number one pick. And they're really not great at anything. They're not good at offense, and they're not good at defense. And in most people's opinion, Jabari Smith best to help offensively and defensively. Most people see him as the top prospect. So as the Magic need to upgrade a ton of things, Jabari Smith does the most for them. The All-SEC First Team member also grabbed almost 8 boards. It is very possible that this player will evolve into an All-Star before rise. He has proven he could score at will, and it's possible he can play all defensive caliber defense. Now though it looks like the Magic will pick Jabari Smith, If for some reason they don't pick him, they will pick Chet Holmgren, which brings me to the next pick. At number two overall, the Oklahoma City Thunder would select Chet Holmgren, the power forward from Gonzaga. Now Chet Holmgren is by definition a unicorn. He stands out, and he is really nothing like anything we've ever seen. This man is a seven-footer, and he can basically do everything. He has a great ball handle for a seven-footer. He is basically unstoppable in the paint. He's a three-point shooter, and he's one of the best defenders in the draft class. And I do believe that he may he may just have the highest ceiling in the draft class. As I said before, he offers elite rim protection. At Gonzaga, he had 3.7 blocks per game and was the Western Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Now, as I said, he's unstoppable in the paint. He shot 73.7% in twos from this season. Now, despite his skinny frame, he has an incredible way of moves to post you up or just sh- frankly shoot over you. And as I said before, he's a great shooter. He's a seven-footer that choose 39% from three. Now, Oklahoma City has proven in the past that they love players with a ton of upside, and Chet Holmgren offers just this. Plus, OKC was was dead last in three-point percentage and 27th in two-point percentage, meaning that Chet's dominance inside will help them scoring in the paint and will also help them by knocking down the three. Plus, Oklahoma Oklahoma City has a ton of draft picks coming up. That being said, there is only really one concern about Chet Holmgren. That is his weight. He's seven feet, but he's only 195 pounds, and And people do think that he will get pushed around in the NBA. It's possible that this happens. However, I still think this player will be an all-star level talent one day. Coming in at number three for the Houston Rockets, we have Paolo Bancaro from Duke. Our third power forward of the draft is a three-level scorer that uses his strong stature to his advantage. He is 6'10 and 250 pounds. He uses his pure muscle to power through the defense and finish it with contact. He can duck it, he loves his spin move, and he can get by you. He also has a great pull-up game from the mid-range and can play very well in the ISO. He has is good playmaking for a, ver- for a big. Bankaro was the ACC freshman of the year, as well being on the ACC first team. Despite looking like a future all-star in offense, there are some defensive concerns, as there have been inconsistencies when he's just watching the ball as opposed to making a play for it. Also, as I said before, the three-pointer point- three is a major part of today's basketball game. He's only 33.8%, which is good, but not great. He can work on that, even though it's not a major point. Also, something else I noticed, he did shoot 73% from the free throw line, which could definitely be improved upon. But otherwise, the Houston Rockets traded away Christian Wood for a reason. It is because they're going to draft this power forward, Palo Bancaro, out of Duke. I'm not unplaying them, because he just may be a star one day. Now, the top three players, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, and Palo Bancaro, are widely considered the top three players in the draft. It's possible they go in different orders, but, th- but these three players will be the three f- players first picked in the draft. Now, pick number four is where there's a bit more room for surprise. The Sacramento Kings currently heard the 4th pick in the draft. The 4th best prospect in the league is Jaden Ivey, the point guard from Purdue. However, the Kings already have a lot of guards, so it's very possible they trade this pick to another team, possibly Washington, possibly New York, who wants to trade up and grab Ivey. For this mock draft, I'm not going to be doing trades because they're simply extremely hard to predict. So, assuming Sacramento keeps his pick, they will pick Jaden Ivey, the point guard from Purdue. It is possible they kick, pick the power forward Keegan Murray, who's a better fit for the team, that the Kings pick based on talent, not as much as positional fit. So as I said before, the Kings already have a bunch of guards. They have Davian Mitchell, they have Dante DiVincenzo, they have De'Aaron Fox. However, none of these players are true point guards. None of them are true distributors. The current, point, the current starting point guard, Fox, is arguably the best player on Sacramento, but he mostly signs as a scorer and not much as a distributor. And that's why they want to bring Ivy along is a combo guard that shows shades of John Moran and Victor Oladipo. He is extremely fast in the open floor and throws down aggressive dunks reminiscent of Russell Westbrook's on the Thunder. Now once this man gets a head of steam, good luck stopping him. Or he passes. And this is exactly what Sacramento is counting on. Though he only averaged 3.1 assists in college, lose assists, these assists are not your average assists. They are running in transition, behind the back, crazy passes. And if he can span that in the NBA, he will be a great player. And on top of that, he is also a good three-point shooter. Slightly streaky, but still managed to knock down 36% of his shots from three. Now, when I talk about Ivy, you hear me talk about him in transition, how he's so fast, how it's hard, ca- hard to catch. There are some problems once you talk about him in the half-court offense. Ivy can do a better job tightening his handle. Ivy is improved in the pick and roll, but he still has some work to do in the half-court offense. For one thing, he can improve on his mid-range shot. And the other thing that I notice is that Ivy relies on his athleticism to run past defenders. And if he could develop his handle to a way that he can use this to get past his defenders and then use ath- and then use his athleticism to finish at the basket, he can be very, very good. However, it is very possible that because he relies on his athleticism, that won't work in the NBA as he is playing against playing much more athletic athletes. At number five, I have the Detroit Pistons selecting Keegan Murray, the powerful from Iowa. Murray absolutely dominated college, and he is one of the most NBA players he is one of the most NBA-ready players. He mostly dominates like Jabari Smith as a scorer and a defender. On defense, similar to Jabari Smith, he plays great defense on the perimeter and the interior, and has shown he can guard 1-5. Now, he can really do it all on defense, and offense are going to have a hard time getting by this man. Now, he had 23.5 points per game in college, which is extremely high for a college player. This is one of the stats that boosted him to be a Nathan Smith Award finalist. Now, how does he score these points? He's a three-point sniper hitting 39.8% of the shots he took. And this will be perfect for the Pistons as they are second to last in three-point percentage. He also scores by driving to the rim. He could slam it down. One thing that I don't think will translate to the NBA is his post-up. A lot of his scoring is from the post, which is a dying trend in the NBA. Now, the reason why Keegan Murray is such a good fit for the Pistons is because the Pistons don't have much depth at power forward. and It seems like Jeremy Grant will be traded. There have been speculations about that. Now, on to pick number six. The Indiana Pacers will select Benedict Matherin, the small forward from Arizona. Now, in the sixth pick in the NBA draft, the Pacers do have a bunch of options. They can pick Matherin, Daniels, or Sharp. and there are positives and negatives about all these players. So, let's talk about Matherin. In the past month or so, Matherin has been rising up draft based on his offensive talent. Now, in my opinion, Matherin is the most athletic player in the draft. His unreal hops make for some crazy posters and dunks. He's a great wing that can play defense, he's a shot creator, and he shot 36.9% from three-point range. He was the Pac-12 player of the year for a reason. Mathen will have a ton of upside for the Pacers next year. Moving on to number seven, we have the Portland Trailblazers. They will select Shaden Sharp, the shooting guard for Kentucky. So the Trailblazers will either select Dyson Daniels or Shaden Sharp. There's no other player in the draft that they will select. Shaden Sharp is a shooting guard and Dyson Daniels is a point guard. Now, Shaden Sharp is currently in a bizarre position. He was ranked number three in his class coming out of high school according to 24-7 sports, However, even though he committed to Kentucky, one of the top college prog- programs in the nation, he didn't play a game. He said he didn't think it was good for him, and instead spent the whole year working out and preparing for the NBA draft. He also played in various tournaments across America against lower-level competition. Between tournaments and high school, he looks absolutely unstoppable on offense. The six-six shooting guard has a crazy way of windmills, step-back threes, and a ton of other things. He looks like a complete offensive weapon. But the thing is, is that he's a boomer bust because we actually haven't really seen him play against high-level competition in college or the G League. Yes, he looks amazing in high school. He looks amazing in these tournaments. He looks amazing in his workouts that he posts. But because he hasn't played competitive basketball since high school, nobody knows how he'll actually fare in the NBA. This makes him one of the riskiest picks in the draft. Now, the Blazers were 27th in offensive rating last year, so this would definitely help them. It will give Damian Lillard some much needed help because right now it does not look like he's going to win anything in Portland. Number eight, we have the New Orleans Pelicans selecting Dyson Daniels, the point guard from the G League tonight. Now, the Pelicans obtained this pick from the Lakers, from the Anthony Davis trade. So in my opinion, Dyson Daniels is going to be a top three player in this draft. It's possible he goes slightly earlier at at six or seven, but I am going eight to the Pelicans. The 6'7 Australian just finished a year with the G League, and his stock has been skyrocketing in the past two months. And for good reason. There's a lot to be excited with this guy. To start off, he's a 6'7 point guard. To give you reference, the average size for a point guard is around 6'3". This guy was going to push a lot of people around, but you might be asking, well, why is he a point guard? Well, this is, he's, this is because he's a great facilitator. With the G League, he's been making a ton of great reads, a bunch of on-the-money passes, and it's, and it's going to show in the NBA when this guy's going to be a star. Also, once he gets running, he could jam it down. He could finish with both sides. I'm telling you, this man, he's going to be very good one day. I'm telling you, this guy's going to be very good one day. Now to talk about his defense, this guy is amazing on the ball. He's amazing off the ball, and as I said, he's 6'7", so he can also swap passes out of bounds. The only concern for some scouts is the fact that he's only a 25.5% shooter from three-point land, but you can see as a nice form, and I do think that this will grow once he reaches the NBA. Now, he would be great for the Pelicans, because the Pelicans do not really have many ball handlers and much depth in the guard position. Of course, they have CJ McCollum, then after that, they have Jose Alvarado and Devante Graham, and I do think those can be approved upon. By the way, Zion's coming back this year, and he's going to come back strong, so watch out for the Pelicans in next year's playoffs. Now, moving up to number nine, we have the San Antonio Spurs. And they will select Jalen Dern, the center out of Memphis. It is possible that they pick A.J. Griffin, the small forward out of Duke. However, I have them picking Jalen Dern, the center out of Memphis. Now, if this were 20 years ago, I'm sure Jalen Dern would be higher. The reason why he's not going to be drafted as high as he could be is because he's a traditional center. Meaning that he stays in the paint. He scores his points on lob threats and post-ups. And he's an incredible interior defender. So the reason why he's not going to go higher, as I said before, is because the game has changed. And he doesn't have a jump shot and he doesn't have much variety in this game. However, what he does, he does do incredibly well. He was able to guard Chet Holmgren in the March Madness tournament. This guy will give them a lot of rebounds. He will be an all-defensive player one day. Plus, San Antonio does not have reliable center. Their best is Jacob Portal, and I think he will even leave the team soon. So it's going to be a great pick for San Antonio. Number 10, we have the Washington Wizards picking Johnny Davis. Now, there have been rumors that the Wizards trade up for four, and they possibly take Jaden Ivey and Sacramento's pick. However, if they state their pick, they're going to be taking Johnny Davis. And most of the players I've talked about so far, Chad Hungry and Jabari Smith, Jalen Duren, all these players, they've been playing since high school. But John Davis really just became a star overnight. He was one of the best scorers in college last year. He averaged 19.7 points per game and won the Big Ten Player of the Year award. And most of his scoring does come from mid-range pole jumpers. He was a slightly streaky three-point shooter, shooting 30.6%. Now, there's no doubt that this player's a talent scorer. And he can provide good defense at times, but he does need to work on expanding his game. However, this would be a great pick for the Wizards because right now they need scoring. And- Away from Bradley Beal, the next starting guards on the team are Thomas Adaraski, Ish Smith, and Corey Kisper. And no offense to these players, but none of them are very good. The Wizards need a ball handler, and they need a score. The Bradley Beal will leave Washington, in which case they need a score, and they're going to need a ball handler, so they're going to need Johnny Davis. Number 11, my favorite team, the New York Knicks, are selecting... ...are selecting Ozami D'Ang, the small forward from Australia. Now, D'Ang is what you would describe as a boomer bust. He's either going to be amazing, he's either going to be a franchise player, or he's either not going to do anything. However, I do think that the Knicks should take this pick. The Knicks need a wing. It seems like they're going to pick AJ Griffin or Uzami Diang, or they could even trade up. Uzami Diang is a risky pick, but I am in favor of it. The Knicks manion is a point guard and a distributor, but by this time, the top point guards, Jaden Ivey, Dyson Daniels, they're going to be taken. And there are no other point guards deserving of an 11th pick, so they're probably going to go for a wing. This is either going to be AJ Griffin or Uzami Diang. Now, Uzami Diang is a very unique player as he's coming from a season in the NBL. For those of you who don't know, that's the Australian Basketball League. He played for for the New Zealand Breakers last season. And some of you also may be thinking, well, he's from New Zealand. He's probably not going to be that good, right? Just keep in mind, two years ago, Lamella Ball won the Rookie of the Year. And guess where he played? The NBL. So Uzami Diang, he only averaged 8.9 points per game in 20 minutes. However, that is closer to 15 points per game given the minutes that these other players, that these other college G League players are getting. And his numbers do not jump out at you. He only shot 39.8% of the field and 27% from three. So you may be wondering, well, why is he this high? So he's 6'10, and when you're watching him, also you see these flashes of NBA All-Star talent. Yes, he misses a lot of shots, but but he was an incredible defender. And no, he doesn't score efficiently. But if you watch his highlights, you see these flashes of these pull threes, his great defense, this this amazing facilitation. Is he a risk? He definitely is. But I think the Knicks, but the Knicks will definitely take this risk, and he'll go at number 11. Number 12, OKC. What do you know? They have another pick. This time it's going to be Jeremy Shohan, the power forward from Baylor. Now, Shohan was not exactly a star in college. He was the the big 12 six-man of the year, and he isn't necessarily a great shooter either. He plays aggressive defense, he brings energy, and he's athletic. So he'll make for some cool dunks. He has an overall great feel for the game. He knows when to cut. He has a very high basketball IQ. And as I said before, he's not a good shooter. He's only 29.6% from three, and a free throw percentage of 58.9%. However, if he develops that jump shot, he can be very good. I'm not crazy about him, but then again, I could be wrong. Number 13, the Charlotte Hornets select AJ Griffin, the small forward from Duke. This person definitely has the talent to go higher, even though I do think he will fall just a bit in the draft. So it seems like Charlotte has a lot to pick Mark Williams, they've had workouts, and their obvious need is a center. However, the 14th pick is the Cavs, they already have a bunch of big men, they're probably not going to pick a center. And then the Hornets, also the 15th pick. So if they grab A.J. Griffin now, they can get Mark Williams later at 15. So since A.J. Griffin is by far the best player available, so they grab him, they are going to benefit. He's a knockdown shooter. He shot 44.7% from, from three-point land. And these are not just any threes. These are step-back, contested, high-degree level of difficulty shots. Now, did have a bunch of injuries in college, which makes him a bit worrisome. But he can get to the paint, and he's just a great three-point shooter from Duke. So 14, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. they're going to pick Ochi Abachi, the small forward from Kansas. Now, Abachi doesn't have a crazy high ceiling. Ochi Abachi does not have a high ceiling. I don't think he's going to be a superstar, and I don't think he's even going to be an all-star. However, I do think he's going to be a good pick. Even though he has a low ceiling, he has a very high floor, meaning that he's a safe pick, and you know what you get when you pick him. Unlike basically every other player in this draft, he played all four years at college. He's experienced, and he knows how to win. He played for Kansas, and he's coming off a national title. He's a good three-point shooter, and he fills the Cavs' need at a wing. Right now, the only true wing the Cavs have is is Isaiah Kukuru and Marsh Stevens, so he definitely could have some help in that department. Now, this guy really shined in college. He was a finalist for the Nathan Smith Player of the Year. He was the Big 12 Player of the Year. He had 18.8 points per game. He had 41% from three. I mean, as I said before, I don't think this guy's going to be amazing, but he's going to be reliable, and he's going to be a veteran. I do think he'll be in the league for a long time, and he's going to be a great role player. Coming in at pick fi- 15, I have the Charlotte Hornets, selecting Mark Williams as center from Duke. As I said before, center is a huge need for the Hornets. The Hornets rank 27th in rebound percentage, and not have a great starting center, Mason Plumlee. He's another traditional center. He stays in the paint, but he can finish down low, and on the defensive end, he's a monster. He was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, and he may not have been effective as Jalen Duren in college. However, he can certainly surpass him. As he's one, he's built, and he has the physical stools to be a defensive powerhouse. Our last pick in the lottery, we have the Atlanta Hawks selecting Malachi Branahan, the shooting guard from Ohio State. Now, this guy is just too good of a talent for the Hawks to pass up at this point in the draft. Malachi Branham was a surprise one-and-done from Ohio State. He's good for a Hawks backcourt that's pretty old. I mean, DeLon Wright and Lou Williams are both in their 30s. It would be good to bring a fresh player into the backcourt, especially because he's a shot creator. He can drive in. He was 41.6% from deep, and he's a good good all-around offensive talent. That's going to wrap up the NBA lottery. I hope you enjoyed. Even though I'm done handing out picks out, there are a couple other prospects to watch this year that could be potential sleepers. Ty Ty Washington was a point guard from Kentucky. He was pretty inconsistent, but he did have a good amount of crazy step back threes. And he brings great shot creation. In. Also, Tar Easton, a powerful from LSU, was great inside and, and does a lot of the small things. Hustling and great on the defensive end to help team win. Jane Williams is a shooting guard from the mid-major Santa Clara. Williams is an extremely talented three-point shooter. Also plays good defense. Jane Hardy, very highly ranked coming out of high school. Didn't have a great year in the G League, even though he did show flashes of, of great handling and great finishing on the basket, and he could just be a star. And lastly, Nikola Jovic, a seven small forward, also from Serbia, like Nikola Jokic. However, this guy plays more like a guard. Thank you for listening. This is Sports IQ with Michael Scott. You tell your family, tell your friends, to help grow the Sports IQ community. Coming soon, I'm going to have an episode about the Mob. This was Sports IQ with Michael Scott.